When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, before we jump into the show on this glorious Victory Monday, I want to tell you about my mattress. It's the Snooze Flip mattress, and this thing is tops. I absolutely love it. Best night's sleep I've ever been getting uh, is on this Snooze Flip mattress. I had to get rid of the old crappy mattress that I had before, and this 4-in-1 mattress has really changed my sleep, so I highly, highly recommend you guys check it out. Why is it called a four-in-one mattress? Because one side is firm, one side is soft, and then you've got a reversible cover. One side of the cover is warm, one side of the cover is cool, so you can create any of those combinations that you want to create the perfect mattress for you. And what's better is you can get a sweet discount when you use that code DNVR. You can save $250 off a mattress with an adjustable uh, base, $500 off a queen mattress with an adjustable base, and $1,000 off a king mattress with an adjustable base. Head to snoozesleep.com today and get yourself that snooze flip mattress. It comes in a nice tidy box, very easy to get delivered to your house, and it'll be easy to set up and start getting a much better night's sleep. DNVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for ass beating, which is what the Broncos <laughs> put on the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Uh, Mace, you were there in Dallas. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the game here in just a second. Uh, but first, want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Edu slash online. That's right. MSU Denver is the spot. They are the presenting sponsor of this show, and they are the best place to go if you're looking to get an online education from anywhere in the country, uh, but they are based right here in Denver. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's up? The three of us are back. Welcome home, Mace. Thank you. Thank you. Mace, you were there in uh, Broncos uh, Stadium, or sorry, at Mile High Stadium South <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Mile High South. Uh, State Farm Stadium in Phoenix is Mile High Southwest. Mm. SoFi Stadium is Mile High West. Yep. To be determined, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Ah, uh, yes. Mile High Sin City. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, good God, what a yeah. what a month for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Pretty much just lost their entire draft class from just a year ago. Yeah. And, I mean. As I said uh, in our Madden chat this morning, as it relates to Damon Arnett, the good thing about drafting crappy players is it doesn't feel as bad when you have to cut them. <laughs> That's really true. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, 
forget them. Let's talk about the Broncos. Mace, what was it like down there? Well, I mean, look, I mean, you saw it on television. You saw you saw the atmosphere. And, uh, I mean, it was one of those things where it just kind of, the I think part of the Broncos' success fed off, fed off the environment and vice versa. And the other, the other thing is, you know, we know that some players have had whispers of, you know, questions about the, the head coach, the direction, all that. I think between kind of rallying around themselves pregame and then that extra shot that came from the two Dallas fourth downs early going for it, the, the disrespect, I mean, that feeling, that was palpable. That was real. That, that wasn't just Tim Patrick and Teddy Bridgewater. That was something that pretty much everybody felt. That And I think that was kind of the – I think that second time they went for it on fourth down at the 20-yard line, that was kind of the – and that was the turning point of the game. That was really what kind of galvanized the Broncos. You saw what happened on the on the next drive. They, they put together a solid drive, took the lead, never looked back. I think that – you know, it, I think it was just kind of all these motivating factors coming together, them playing well, and Dallas being off. That's the thing. I mean, it's not – you know – to some degree, Dallas was off. You saw the drop passes. You saw kind of the mistiming on, on things. And the Broncos, contrary to belief, aren't a bad team. They're a mid-tier team. I think people, especially fans, and I'm, I'm going to probably sound kind of arrogant saying this, and I'm sorry, I don't mean it that way. But when you're a fan, things are either better than they are or worse than they are. And the losing streak of October, I think, made people think this team was worse than it actually was. This is a mid-tier team, and when you're playing a really good team that's that's off, if you're having a good day, you've got a chance to win. Well, the Broncos had a great day. Dallas was off. Bron- the Broncos not being a bad team, being a mid-tier team, they're good enough to capitalize like they did. Well, and I don't, I don't just think that that the Cowboys were off. I think the Broncos were a big part in making them off. And Mace, one of the guys that was really off was Dak Prescott. But I think a reason that he was off was because pressure was in his face time and time again from Jonathan Cooper, from Stephen Weatherly. I mean, from these guys, who would have ever thought? Back in week one, if you would have said the Broncos would beat the Cowboys based off Jonathan Cooper and Steven Weatherly really throwing Dak Prescott off and, and the offense going off against this defense, you would have said that I'm absolutely crazy. And so I think the Broncos, what no one else thought was going to happen, they believed in it throughout the week. And I think the Cowboys were sleeping on these Denver Broncos big time. Right. And by no means do I think it was disrespectful that the Cowboys went for it on fourth down. But I love it the Broncos are finding these external motivators, right? Uh, you know, uh, you got Shelby Harris, like calling out the media. I don't go for it. If that's what gets you up on Sunday, fine by me. Um, you've got, you know, them saying it was disrespectful. I think it was just the right football call. It's a good um, analytic call, but right. how do you use it? I mean, that's, you know, that's how it's going to be taken. Great. Right. And if that's like what works for you. Do it. The Von Miller thing. Like that's motivation for them. So whatever it takes, I don't care. Uh, if you want to, you know, call it disrespect, heck, you should be, I don't know, disrespected that they kicked the ball off and didn't have a touchback. Whatever it takes, you know, uh, get it going. So I, I love that they were able to have that feeling. I don't know who said that on the sideline. That, I mean, that that idea must have been permeated by someone. These guys just think they can just go for it because they'll be right back here in a second. We're just going to go three and out, which, by the way, they did just go three and out the first time. Well, in fact, they went uh, like negative 10 and out. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I think it was the second fourth down that did it. The first one, fourth and one, I mean, 
pretty much everybody goes for it on fourth and one now, mm-hmm. right? And of course, you look at like the first five minutes. He had a com- complete blown blown coverage on the kickoff. He had a couple of missed tackles there. Dallas starts on the other side of midfield. The Broncos get the fourth down stop. Great bait play by Justin Simmons. But like you mentioned, the offense promptly goes backward. So it was it wasn't like if you didn't feel it until the fourth and two. Yep. And that's and then like all the little things start multiplying. I mean, yeah, again, Cowboys dropped multiple passes yesterday. It was like everything it it was what we see. It was a it was a snowball rolling down the hill that became an avalanche. And as we were reminded yesterday, I mean, the Jaguars beat the Bills, okay? Teams may be bad, but they can still rise up and pull and pull off shockers whenever when things break their way. That's just the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and 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 on top of that, did you guys see what Mike McCarthy said after the game? No, what he said: uh, we were out coached, we were outplayed, and for the first time this year, we were just the the other team just came and destroyed us on energy level. He said that's mm. the first time that so you got to give all the props to the Broncos because they they beat us in every single phase, and obviously that was clear. But for another coach to admit that the energy level was better for the other team. That that's pretty huge for a coach to say. I don't think we've ever seen Vic Fangio say that. I would probably make the argument that's the first time all year that the Broncos actually came out with notab- noticeably more energy than their opponent. Mm-hmm. Which again goes back to, you know, the one string of hope I was holding on to last week when we talked on the show is just I think there's a chance they come out and play as inspired as they have all year, and that's what they did. Um, and I don't know if there, this is something that the coaching staff can tap into. I don't know if it's something that the leadership can tap into, but. Clearly, the Broncos are a better team when they come out and play like that. Um, I watched the, I rewatched the game again this morning. Uh, lovely way to start a Monday, let me tell you. <laughs> yes, it is. And I think really, you know, momentum is the biggest part of this. Um, and you go back and look at this. The Broncos were really resilient to start the game. A lot of things didn't go their way. Obviously, when that kickoff goes all the way back to the 50, I mean... I don't know about you guys, but I just thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is the beginning of the end before yep. the game even yep. really started. Yep. And they bow their backs. They get that fourth down stop. And then, you know, again, you go three and out negative 10 yards on the first drive. And you think, okay, well, yep, that's also what we thought this might look like. Another bad second down run, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. On that. It's like, I mean, now they would have some successful second and long runs mm-hmm. in the game. And so credit to them for kind of sticking with it but you looked at that moment that the the first four minutes of the game it's like this is everything that has gone wrong over the course of the season and for the broncos to be able to have the resilience guys then they get the ball back after another fourth down stop you know what the first play of that drive was negative five Mm -hmm. so now in their first four offensive plays they've gone backwards 15 yards and you talk about second and long runs the next play is a Javante Williams run on sec. I actually think it was second and 13. So negative three, negative 13 yards on their first four plays. And on second and 13, Javante gets the ball, goes for eight and bounces off a couple tackles, drags a couple guys. And to me, I felt like that might've been the biggest play of the game um, because it kickstarts that drive and it just allowed, it just kind of freed up the ten. you know, the tenseness of the Broncos. They convert third down. Obviously they go down and score on the possession but the other big thing i took away when i rewatched this game is i'm really glad we gave king of the game to javante williams i really do think he was the most important player on the field for the broncos yesterday um he took so many plays that were just going to be meh plays 
and turned them into good plays. Obviously, the, the one that everyone remembers, great plays. Um, but there's a lot of times where it could have been zero, it turned into two. It could have been two, it turned into four. It could have been four, turned into 10, 20, 30, 40. Um, and that is so important for this team to stay on, stay on schedule and stay on track. And I thought Javante was the number one ingredient to that. Did you well, see I think, the stat, by the way, real quick? Did you see the stat about the missed tackles that he forced? Yep. Yep. Like more than, I believe, 28 teams. Right. Yep. When he's yep. he now has, leading the NFL yes. in rate per Yep. He yeah. has a 37% broken tackle rate. Yeah, yeah. And the, no one else is, is even at 30%, which is just insane. And, guys, the Broncos also did something that we've all been saying for so long. Get the ball to these running backs we don't care really how it's divided we just need them to get the ball and they did that and Dalton Reisner admitted today that you got in order to establish a run you got to rush for over 20 times per game when your offensive lineman is saying that you better make sure that happens and yesterday they made sure that that happened as well and also when it comes to Javante Williams it's not just the explosive plays he has it's the spark and it's that momentum that we're talking about that he brings and in, in the spark that's that this team has been missing for quite some time, going beyond just this year. Javante Williams is providing that spark, not just for fans, but for the guys on the field. Quinn Minert's adding to that as well. And guys, I think a huge, huge key for the Broncos is going to be that momentum. Can they carry that from yesterday? to this coming week, or are they going to have a big letdown? Because what do we see when a team fires their head coach, when something happens to a player and the team rallies in that next game? Uh, we see that those teams be able to have really good games, like the Broncos just did moving on from Von Miller. But then there's sometimes of a big letdown game right after that. And boy, this Philadelphia Eagles team, they're not great, but they're good enough. To, to hang around, they, they compete, and that carrying that momentum from last week into this coming week is going to be so huge because the Eagles, don't, don't, get, don't get you wrong, they can beat you at home. So here's the other thing. If you get behind against the Eagles, which you might, keep running the ball. Like The thing that I think you look at with the Broncos is that I feel like as a play caller, Pat Shermer sometimes loses his nerve when they get behind 7 or 10 points midway through the game. What we saw yesterday, what we've seen in, in portions of the year is this. This team does need to run to set up the pass. That yeah. Especially now, Glasgow's out for the season, so you're going to have Miners or Muti playing extensively. You're going to have Calvin Anderson probably for another week. A young offensive line that you need to build confidence in and get it, get it flowing downhill, and that means leaning on the run. I'm, I think back to... Uh, one of John Fox's teams in Carolina that had two running backs, kind of like this team does. They had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. And I remember they were playing, I think, Arizona midseason. They're behind 17-3 late in the second quarter. Arizona's threatening to run away with it. They come out running the ball because they knew it was what they did best. They had confidence in it, and they knew that if they kept at it, that eventually they would wear them down. They did. They had to come from behind win. I want Pat to kind of have that confidence in what this offense does best. So let's say Jalen Hurts has a couple of big plays and it's 14-3 in the second quarter. Don't come out and start throwing it around. Don't come out and go three wide all the time. Lean on what you do best. Be patient. Trust what your offense offense's strength is. Well, if they I, do that, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I was just going to say, and I love today Dalton Reisner talking about how mm, that is their identity. They've yeah. developed it to be their identity. I hope Pat Shermer agrees, and I hope that he just hears that. Because there's something about mindset, right? 
where if you tell the team this is our identity and those offensive linemen go out there knowing we're going to have a chance to bowl some dudes over today, it just gives them an extra edge. So, you know, the Eagles are not a great team at stopping the run. And I want this team to go into next week thinking we are going to run the ball down their face all day. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It should work. And it's going to be your best opportunity to move the ball, in my opinion, based on the offensive lineman you're probably going to have to put out there. By the way, Good Morning Football needs a new segment called Angry Blocks, Mm -hmm. just for Quinn Miners. (laughs) Because he's just going out there, running people over, belly flopping on dudes after the play. Uh, He's he's plays angry. So I want this, this team to be able to lean into that identity and go play that way. Well, me too. But, guys, talking about what Dalton Reisner said, he came out... And he started talking about their identity and how they're finding this new identity and running the ball. Uh, and, and he said, and we were up so we could do that. And so I yeah. followed up with, well, at what point do you have to abandon it? And he even just threw out, you know, even if you're down 10 points, you can't do that. And to me, that was so concerning to hear because that's not Pat Shermer saying that. Now, maybe it's because Pat has instilled that in them and it, he, it's gone from top to bottom. I hope it's not that everyone believes, okay, we're down a touchdown or two, guys. Even though it's the beginning of the second quarter, we have to abandon the run. That concerned me because that showed that it was more than just one person in the organization thinking that. But then he went on to just continue to talk about how they're forming their identity and they want to be a mauling team on the ground. And I'm like, Dalton, you're hitting everything. Just that one thing that concerns me because let's say the Eagles do come out and let's say they get a pick six and a punt return and it's not starting off good in the first quarter. You're down 14. You better not abandon the run. You better not because then what? That then I can almost guarantee you that the Broncos are going to lose this game in uh, in any game that they have coming up. Now I get it. If there's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're down 18 points, yeah, you abandon the run. You're probably going to lose anyway. But I hope you don't abandon it before that. Time. It's human yeah. nature is the problem with these all with these play callers though. Like oh, you paid a lot of money to avoid. Not, that. Well, that, you, I know that, but that's, either, but that's though. but that's what happens. I mean, we see it. I mean, I remember Adam Gase in St. Louis seven years ago. You get in a little trouble. You get behind. All of a sudden, you end up with you end up running the ball ten times and passing it. 56 so you get into you can have a great plan but then if you look up okay oh mid second quarter or okay it's early in the third quarter we're down two scores here we don't you know we're running out of time you've got to attack it like all right you're gonna get x you're gonna get x number of possessions here you're going to have opportunities i mean just don't lose your nerve don't again keep trusting what you do best. That's what I want to see Shermer do, and may and maybe he will. You know, he's a he he, play, he was an offensive lineman in college. Okay, that's his background. You know, what do O linemen most want to do? They want to go downhill. You know, they don't particularly want to pass pro. They want to drive downfield. They want to they want to run block. Yeah, it's what you do best. But Mesa, it's I feel like you're telling me that right after the Broncos hired Pat Shermer, and I'm getting behind this idea. No, because we've seen it too many times well, where gotta, he abandons it right he's away. He's got to learn. He, he does. He does have to learn, and I hope it comes from his offensive lineman. And, and I hope that that was Grant or that that was Dalton hearing it from from Pat or getting the feeling that that's what they're doing with Pat, and that's why he said it. And I hope that he the offensive lineman push him in the direction to say. No, this game isn't out of hand. In fact, like he said today, we need 20 carries at least to get the ground game going. Yeah, and exactly. And to me, what blows my mind is you're down 14 
early second, maybe late first quarter. You're all you have to do is score, and the game completely changes. But we know for a fact that Teddy Bridgewater is just not built to be a guy who goes out there and carves teams up with his arm. It's just not who he is. So it, it's mind-boggling to me that you know human nature kicks in for Pat Shermer, and he says, "All right, well, hopefully Teddy can be someone that he's not." When we know what he is, so you feel the crunch of the time. You feel the crunch of the deficit. I mean, this is not this is not just a Shermer. It's thing. not at all, and, and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And it, it takes a really patient play caller to overcome this. A really patient and trusting play caller. And I I hope that Shermer's kind of taken a step back, look at the, looked at the arc of the season, and said, okay, this is what we do best. Because you know what? It's easy to run when you're ahead. It's easy to run more often when you're than you're passing when you have a game flowing like that. I want to see if they're running the way they should as frequently as they should when they're behind. That's the test. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, I wanted we, we wanted to get into in this first segment talking about what it's going to take for the Broncos to win the AFC West. Obviously, running ball is going to be a part of it. I think that's a huge part of it right We'll there. get to it in yeah. just a second. Of course, Broncos' first stop on the road to potentially winning the AFC West starts this week uh, against the Eagles. And all of a sudden, a tailgate that I was a little worried about could potentially be the tailgate of the year. Uh, as the Broncos have a chance to go to six and four. So make sure you come and, and do the DNVR experience when you go to the game on Sunday. Come down to the bar at 10 a.m. is when we open. Uh, have a couple drinks here. Watch Andre scream on the tailgate. It's always funny. Um, hop on. He was fired up yesterday. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the uh, Stevens family review <laughs> on Andre Simone. They were, uh, he was turning heads in the bar. He was. Um, but yeah, then you hop on the, the DNVR party bus. We'll take you down to the tailgate. Nice quick drive down Colfax. Uh, and then have a great time. Go to the game. Have an even better time, hopefully. And hop back on the bus, come back to the bar, and you know, get home from here. It's a great way to do it. It's cheap. It's five dollars off for members. Uh, so make sure you come down and uh, make this. I, I'll predict it. Tailgate of the year. I'm calling it right now. Mmm, I love it. The weather's also going to be perfect. It's going to be a crisp fall day in Denver. You got to check us out. And you also have to check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where guys, we got to dive into our DraftKings pick of the week now because Ryan, you talked about winning the AFC West. And that's what my DraftKings pick of the week is right now. How the Broncos can win the AFC West and where there's money to be had over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, in the AFC, here's the odds that they have for winning the division. They've got Chargers plus 130, Chiefs plus 160, Raiders plus 550, and Broncos plus 700. So despite being half a game out of first place, the Broncos are plus 700, man. It, that is so hard to pass up. Even if, because I mean, you're a fan of the Broncos, you want to cheer for them. That's so hard to pass up those on those odds. But then let's just say that you really think it's going to be the Chargers that win. You can sprinkle a, a little bit on the Chargers and on the Broncos. And then if the Chargers do end up winning, you still win a little bit of money. You, you covered your Broncos uh, ticket there for that. Or if you think it's going to be the Chiefs, same thing. Put a little on the Chiefs to cover yourself financially, but then put some on the Broncos. And boom, even if the Broncos win, you're still up like plus 540. So that's what I'm doing. I'm finding value there, putting a little bit on the Broncos and some on either the Chargers or the Chiefs. Chiefs are a mess right now, man. They are so lucky that Jordan Love was the quarterback yesterday. Yep. Um, Didn't even cover the spread. And DraftKings is lucky that Jordan Love was the quarterback yesterday, too, because I would have <laughs> hit my all-dogs parlay otherwise, although maybe they wouldn't have been a dog. Um, anyways, um, yeah. 
Mahomes, man, he's predetermining reads and refusing to take ch- checkdowns. Yeah. I believe he'll knock himself out of it eventually, but the evidence it is was ugly. Damning. It was an ugly game. Yep. By uh, far. For me tonight, I'm going to go to to Monday Night Football, uh, where the Steelers are hosting the Chicago Bears, and I look to your old friend Najee Harris. Anytime touchdown score minus 150, it's not great value, mm-hmm. but he is essentially the cornerstone, the the middle stone, and you know the uh, outside stone of that entire offense. They get him the rock. He is a beast in the red zone whether it's out of the backfield or getting a handoff, uh, I think he scores. And the homies at DraftKings got a, a 50% profit boost for any Monday Night Football bet tonight. So, yeah, minus 150, not great. But if you like uh, it. Mm-hmm. if you like the bet, boost it, and now you've got good value. Yep, I love it. All right. I'm going to go can't from do baseball. Base- no, I'm going to soccer. Hey. I'm going to uh, World Cup European qualifiers, Azerbaijan versus Luxembourg on Thursday in Group A of European World Cup qualifying. Bet on both teams to score and no draw. It's 23-10 to 10 odds. Both Luxembourg and Azerbaijan give up two goals a game in qualifying so far. So I'm going to say both teams score, and Luxembourg ends up winning the game. And so take that. Both teams score, no draw, 23 to 10. There you go. I'm just, I'm going to trust you on that one. Zach, can you name one neighboring country of Luxembourg? Um, a neighboring country. We're getting into uh, geography here, aren't we? Um, Belgium. Yeah, Belgium and the Netherlands. Nice, <laughs> nice. You know about the. the I said the, it with full confidence. No, it's the well. They're they're called the Benelux countries. Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg. Mm, Benelux. Sounds no, like no. something you could get at like a local rest, uh, local brunch spot. A Benelux. Or something. It does. Or Benelux. something. It's a Benedict yeah. with locks. Or it sounds like something you take when things are a little bit backed up. Yeah. Mm. Mm, potentially. Or you eat that in the morning if you're backed up and it'll help clear it out. Whatever. But regardless it may be. what you're eating over it, it at DraftKings Sportsbook, you've got to check out what they have going on. Guys, all new customers. If you bet just $1 on any team to score. Any team to score, that's all you need to do. You win $100 in free bets. And boy, that's a great way to get your account started. Get those free bets, and you can use them right away. You can be using them for Thursday night football. You could be using them for soccer probably tomorrow. I'm sure they've got games going on in the Benelux region uh, over there on DraftKings Sportsbook. (laughs) Benelux? Yeah. Yeah, Lux. Actually, I don't know if they have soccer tomorrow because the Europe, we're going into an international window, so they're... Little, not much early week action going on, but Thursday oh. and this weekend, and and I was actually looking for some odds on the CONCACAF qualifiers, which involve the United States, of course. Didn't see those up yet, but uh, they'll probably have some good lines for the games coming up for the U.S., Mexico, Canada, everyone else trying to make the World Cup finals from over here. Yep, they'll have it all over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And again, new customers, place $1 on any team to win or any team to score. And if they do, you get $100 in free bets. Make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And the other sport I like to bet on is called, like is for the non-baseball season is college basketball. Mm. And so we've got games actually starting this week as well. Yes. Ooh, Who does CU open with? Week. CU opens with Montana State. Ooh. Mm. Yes. There's a nice little um, uh, background story there that Henry uh, made us aware of the other day. Um, 
CU, one of their highest rated freshmen is a guy by the name of Lawson Lovering. Um, Incredible and he name. He comes from Wyoming. And he was not the Gatorade Player of the Year, despite being like incredible. This other kid was the Gatorade Player of the Year. He plays for Montana State, so mm. potentially a, uh, wow. a revenge game. Yes, I love it. I Both love it. Freshman. Who yeah. knew that Wyoming was such a basketball recruiting hotbed? You know, that's an interesting thing about uh, basketball recruiting yeah. these days. There's a lot of avenues for these kids to get noticed. Yeah, uh, that probably didn't exist, you know, just a few years ago. So now there's, you know. You can find a seven-footer with a little bit of touch and quick feet just about anywhere. <laughs> yep. It, I mean, even outside the country. Yep, exactly. Anyway, I want to also tell you about Ball. Ball, of course, has been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%. So objectively, your background, whatever that may be, will not prevent you from succeeding there. It's all about just your hard work and commitment. And once you work at Ball, there are lots of groups to join and represent your unique background if you want to meet people, reach new career heights, get support. Ball supports groups like the Society of Women Engineers and many others so you can lead in your own space and become unstoppable at Ball. And right now, Ball is looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a long time. Ball has been unstoppable and is unstoppable. So... Along with a diverse workforce, Ball's innovation curve is infinite, just like aluminum. In order to meet glowing, growing global demand for a truly circular packaging system, they believe in providing open opportunities for all people and championing innovation is tied to the future. They're doing big things that Balling can be part of something bigger than yourself. And to do that, text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or text Golden to 77222 to be unstoppable at Ball. All right, guys. So the question in the headline of this show is, what will it take for the Denver Broncos to win the AFC West? It, I almost feel like I'm saying like a bad word while that comes out of my mouth because it sounds so crazy. And it's not crazy. Now, again, there is a lot of damning evidence against this football team when they play good football teams. Mm-hmm. But the most recent evidence tells us they may have figured something out. And that's another thing that we've talked about a lot on this show as the Broncos floundered their way through the first eight games of the season while staying above water is, hey, look, if you figure something out, you are in a, still in a position to attack and succeed in this season. And maybe they figured something out yesterday. Now, there's also fluky football games that happen all the time. And so it's to be determined whether that was a fluke or whether this team found a new motivation, found new leadership, broke through uh, in terms of creating an offensive identity. But let's just start by looking at the schedules to kind of set the tone for what you have in front of you. And all of a sudden, it doesn't look as da as daunting really? as it once did. Oh, Okay. So you start with Philly. Of course, Philly, um, a, a team with playmakers, um, and obviously Jalen Hurts is a force to be reckoned with. Um, he, he, made, he made all sorts of plays yesterday to try and keep them in that game against the Chargers, but it's at home. They're a competitive, beatable team. Yes. It's, I mean, they're kind of on the same level as the Broncos, mm -hmm. and you're at home. The Broncos just know how to win a little more or have played worse opponents. Right. Three-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Uh, Has it gone from two and a half to three and a half yes. now? Okay. Well, at least last I checked, it was three and a half. Last night it was two and a half, so it's probably bumped up to three and a half then. So you should you should win the game. People buying the Broncos. Then you have a bye week, and then let's just say you are six and four, right? You have the Chargers at home, followed by the Chiefs on the road. Now again, those are two decent football teams. Um, we, we you know the three of us disagree, I think, on how good the Chargers are. But you get that one at home. And the Chiefs, I expect them to figure it out at some point, too. But they haven't yet. Um, Do you expect a split from those two games? Well, that's And that's what I wanted to get to here. Yeah. Even if you don't, you're still at 500 mm-hmm. with yep. four mm-hmm. games. Or sorry, five games left on the schedule. Yep. So if you get a split, you're in fantastic position. Now you're seven and five. And if you don't get a split, you're still at 500. Well, wait, really quick. Since since we're talking about these games a little more in depth, Ryan, uh, at Kansas City, that first game, I expect Kansas City to figure it out too. However, I expected them to figure it out after, weeks you ago. know, yeah, weeks ago. Exactly. So I'm not as confident in saying they'll figure it out. But I wish that Kansas City game was in Denver. And then I think that may be a very popular pick for the Broncos to finally get a win against the Chiefs. Since it's on the road, I mean, in my book, I'm still counting that as a loss. So then to me, it comes down to can the Broncos beat the Chargers? And there's certainly a conversation there, especially because that game's at home. Do you disagree? Do you think that that Chiefs game on the road is one that you would say is a toss-up? No, not necessarily. I mean, literally, regardless of who the quarterback has been, going into Arrowhead in the second half of the season has never been easy for anyone. But it's not maybe something where you look at and say, oh, they have a 10% chance of winning i'd say it's more like about a six a 67 33 yeah Maybe, i mean you know one I, chance in one chance in three i mean we're gonna know a little bit more about the chiefs the next couple of weeks with the raiders and the cowboys coming up but i mean yesterday look do they win that game if aaron Rodgers plays no they probably get blown out if aaron Rodgers plays i can't believe that this is where my mind is but i, I you know i'll just be honest and tell you guys i can envision in my head jonathan cooper making life difficult on Patrick Mahomes more than I ever could Bradley Chubb or Von Miller. Like that's how yeah. good he's been so far. Yeah. Like, he just keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. You go back last night, you know, and I rewatched the game. I think he could have had five sacks in that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he is on a tear now. I mean, he was literally on Dak on one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then a couple more, he, he went for a strip sack and just kind of, instead of getting the arm, he hits the shoulder pad and it just kind of, his arm pops off. Next time he had an opportunity, he didn't go for the strip at all, just jumped on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'm just telling you, in my head, I'm, like, seeing that game, and I'm like, can they get pressure with four? Jonathan Cooper makes me think they can, which yeah. is just insane. Yeah, and, and also you didn't have Malik Reed out there, who has been the Broncos' best pass rusher until Jonathan Cooper. Yeah. So, so they're going to have Malik Reed back. And as we've seen in these games, if you can get pressure on Mahomes – um he's not exactly doing the run backwards and throw it down the field as well now he wins the game on a play like that yesterday so you you have to expect him to make those but he's not making them as consistent as consistently as he was the last few years no he's not and guys speaking of those plays how about matthew stafford last night trying to do that oh my goodness was that brutal how unlucky though that it just he went straight to a just a random throw <laughs> goes right into the guy's arms. I mean, it, should LA be concerned about Stafford's lack of success against the better teams on their schedule this year? 
Because he, so, yeah. he didn't play all that well against Arizona. He didn't play that well last night. And I don't think you can be sold on Matthew Stafford because you you look, Macy, right. you say that and you make a good point. But look at his career. Entering right. the season, exactly. he was something like 8-41 and 41 against, against winning teams. teams. But we put that on Detroit, and I think rightfully so because but Detroit's organizational issues, team issues, stretch back decades. And so it's like, okay, was he being held back by everything around him? Or was he just not a big game quarterback? That's why with the Rams, I mean, the the tale is going to be told by what happens in the playoffs. If they're one and done in the postseason, then the narrative on Stafford is going to be, well, this is who he is. And did they make a mistake trading? If you spend all of your time around people who smoke cigarettes long enough, you probably start smoking yourself. (laughs) And I think uh, I think Matt Stafford might have some smokers lung left over from his time in Detroit. So uh, it's. It's something to be worried about. I would for sure be worried about it if I was a Rams fan, just in the sense of what evidence do we have that when the lights get brighter and the games get bigger, he's going to rise to the occasion. There is none. The evidence suggests the exact opposite. Well, especially on top of it, where it's not just to make the playoffs. That's not the Rams' goal. They're going all in to win a Super Bowl, and right now you're waiting for a guy to win a playoff game first. That's He has to do that before he can win a Super Bowl, and he has never done that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to the uh, the task here. So the final five games, right? And so again, you even if you lose both of those, you're, the season you know you're going into mid December here, and the season's still very much alive. You have Detroit. Speaking of smokers, um, should be a win. <laughs> which should be a win. I so. hope they've got their first win before they come in before they come into that game. Fair enough. And I think Although they'll sometimes get sometimes those teams kind of like get hot after that like the well sometimes year. they do but also then the pressures you know the, the pressure's kind of off a little bit the thing but also what you worry about is if they have no wins and they get a little momentum like oh my god we don't want to be the team that loses to detroit so hopefully chicago will take care of the lions on thank or the lions take care of chicago on thanksgiving and then it'll be just another game against a bad team that you should win. Yeah, I honestly think it's just going to come down to luck because we've seen the Detroit Lions show up and be really competitive against some good teams, and we've seen the Detroit Lions show up and be absolutely terrible. Uh, if the Bronco, even if they play a competitive Detroit team, they should still win. But there's a chance this could be 38 to four. Yeah, I uh, mean five, four, six, <laughs> double safety. I, no, I'm here for two safeties. If that Actually, happens. a field goal and a safety on an extra point by the Broncos. Mm, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't any <laughs> yeah. wouldn't any score involving four be a scoregami? I'm sure. I would think. Very yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, okay, so then you get Cincinnati. Now, even a week ago, people would have thought this was a scarier game. Than it is right now, but again, this is this is football. Wild results happen. Yesterday, a bit of a wild result, you know. And I'm talking about momentum. Uh, they're going into score at the beginning of the game. Joe Burrow throws a hundred yard pick mm-hmm. six. The moment, and they never got any momentum back after that moment. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a tough game, but it's still the Bengals. Yeah, they're different Bengals though, and it's at may- home. and maybe they'll be different. No, I'm not saying that that that's an automatic loss. I'm just saying that's a real that's a real competitive game where I think everyone at the beginning of the season viewed that and said that's a win. Now it's a tough one. I mean, it's I'd say it's, it's a coin definitely fl- tough. It's a coin flip game at this point. Both teams are five. Both teams are five and four. Bengals, I think this is where you're actually glad you get the bye because they get their bye after the Browns game because they've got to reset a few things, especially on the defensive side where the Jets ga- gashed them for I think 500 yards mm-hmm. in the previous week. I mean, they're it's not just it's not just Joe Burrow throwing the 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 pick the 99 yard pick six. It's that they're struggling to stop people right now. Yep. And then you go 
to Las Vegas for another home game. Um, <laughs> so that'll be helpful. Although it is the day after uh, Christmas. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of Broncos fans who are on the fence about are they going to be able to make that work. So maybe it's not as much of a home game right. as it could have been at any other time of the year. Yep. But you're still going to see a ton of orange. I don't think anyone's expecting it to be what? What would you say, Mace? 33% orange yesterday? Yeah. And you know what? That's what it was like eight years ago when the Broncos went down there for Peyton Manning. That's embarrassing for Dallas. They should be embarrassed. Well, they've built a stadium that is so big that... So gaudy. Yeah, that... There are a couple of things. Number one, tickets are readily available. Even if you just want to have a standing room seat, you can. That's how mm. they get those huge numbers. Like, literally, the largest regular season crowd the Broncos have ever played in front of was yesterday. In, in and it was the second biggest crowd since the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it was the only one that's bigger was uh, Super Bowl Twenty One in the Rose Bowl. Yep. So, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, just a massive. So you have massive amounts of, of tickets available to the public. Another thing is that Dallas... It's a it's a transplant market, so it can it continues to grow by leaps and bounds. But people don't give up their loyalty. So every team that plays the Cowboys has a bunch of fans that just come from the Metroplex and elsewhere in Texas and drive in and, and watch them play. But the other thing is also that stadium is so it's such a destination mm -hmm. that people say, okay, I've got to get to a game there. A lot of Broncos fans made that their trip. Just say, hey, we want to go to Jerry World. And so other team fan bases say the same thing. We've got, oh, I want to go to a game at Jerry World. So that's why invariably, it, rarely to the same extreme it was yesterday, invariably you've got at least 10,000 fans for the other team every game for the Cowboys. Right. This is just what they're used to. But yesterday, the fact that the Cowboys were so bad, their fans were heading for the exits early in the fourth quarter, and you were hearing the Let's Go Broncos chant over and over and over again. What do you think is most embarrassing for Cowboys fans? One, being down 30-0 <laughs> late in the first, fourth quarter. <laughs> Two, getting trucked by a backup offensive line. Or three, having let's go Broncos ring throughout their stadium. Being down 30-0. Yeah. to zero. Mm. <laughs> Let's go Broncos choice. is the choice. result of the other two. Yep. True, true. Right, now, right now, guys, the most expensive ticket left on the Broncos, uh, according to... Uh, Cheapest or most expensive? Most expensive. Is that Raiders game? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's just been a lot of demand for them this year. And the thing that you you may have in place there is uh, maybe not Bronco fans, but people just visiting for the holidays that want to go to the game. Interesting. Check out a stadium. But okay. yeah, but this year, right, Raider tickets have been the most expensive on the secondary market in the league this year, period. So, again, Raiders – even a different team than they were when they beat the Broncos, they beat the brakes off the Broncos just a couple of weeks ago. Um, feels like the wheels are falling off for them as they somehow always do in the second half of the season. Um, again, mostly a toss-up game, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And then the reverse of what we just talked about in Kansas City and in Los Angeles, you get the Chargers on the road and then you finish the season with KC at home. Uh, any hopes of KC resting their starters in that game have gone away. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably going to be fighting for positioning at the very best and for them. And so that's bad news for the Broncos because obviously who's their backup? Chad Henney. Yeah. Uh, you get to face Patrick Mahomes instead of Chad Henney, which is a bummer. And then that Vegas and L.A. game, 
are both on the road. So it's a little tough to travel, but they're not the worst home game or they're not the worst road games. As we said, Broncos are going to travel really well for those games. Heck, maybe you spend your uh, your New Year's in L.A., then you go to the game on the second. I could, I could see may- maybe the Raiders game hurts. I was actually originally going to do that for a bachelor party. Hey, oh, no. <laughs> but so may- maybe that'll hurt. The timing will hurt the Broncos in Las, er, in Las Vegas, but it'll actually help them in Los Angeles. Uh, and guys, the thing with these three games too, it'll make them so much more exciting because all four of these teams, including the Broncos, are probably going to be in in it in some way come week 16. But it also makes it that much more difficult. Yeah. So to me, when I look at this schedule, I see almost every game left on it being somewhat of a toss-up game. Now, again, a lot can That's change. Fair. The Broncos could get... The exact same thing that the Broncos just did to the Cowboys could happen to them this weekend with the Eagles. And everything will change and we'll say, oh, yeah, how are they going to beat anyone left on the schedule? And that's just kind of the funny thing about the week-to-week nature of the NFL. Um, But there is a path. It's just a very difficult path. There's one that you're putting in Sharpie, and that's Detroit. And everything else you're saying, hey, if the Broncos continue on this trend that we saw start yesterday i guess you know they've won two in a row now no one i mean it's almost it, that washington football team win is so forgettable that it it's almost gone at this point they're on a streak but they're on a win streak and i'll just look at what the titans did last night and see okay so they got pass rush and they ran the football and yes they made they had their quarterback make some big plays for them uh in big moments takeaways and that's and that's essential right and they created takeaways by making the other team uncomfortable and that's essentially, if you're looking for the path for the Broncos, it's become dominant run team, which they obviously were yesterday, and have Teddy Bridgewater make big plays for you, which we know he can do, and dominate on defense. Now, this was always what we thought should be the plan for the Broncos, but only just yesterday did we see it actually come to fruition and work against a good team. So if they can go, and as the weather gets colder and things get tougher for, you know, these spread it out, you know, sling it around offenses, and they can be that punch-you-in-the-mouth football team, it's going to start with the defense and hopefully be complemented by a mauling run game, then they can win the AFC West. But there, there is a lot of things that need to happen to go their way. So I guess my answer is what's it going to take? It's going to take them really making yesterday their entire identity. A hundred percent. And it was really funny because after the game yesterday, someone asked Vic, uh, is this what you had in mind for your identity and for your winning formula was a run game and good defense? And Vic said, yeah, but that's that's every team's formula for winning. And I thought, that's not true, Vic. No, most teams build their team around their quarterback and then say, okay, do we want to add a running game to him? Do we want to add a dominant pass game to him? You go from there on offense. But even if even if you're adding a running game to your quarterback, you're adding a running game to your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not running as a, as an offense. And then defense. Almost no team thinks about it that way. Anymore. No, and that that's why the everyone. And, and I still think even Broncos after this year are going to be saying, we need to change it up and get out of this because it, it can work in 2015. It can work occasionally. Uh, yeah, the Titans are doing it right now. Uh, but teams aren't built like that, Vic. But you know what? You are built like that. And so what that means is some te- most teams aren't ready to stop you. They're, they're ready for the air attack. Just like the Broncos defense is ready for the air attack. Uh, and opposing teams are ready for that, not necessarily the ground game that you're going to bring. So you have to run the ball at minimum 
20 times. You, you have to run the ball a minimum 20 times in the first three quarters. And then if you're out of the game, okay, that, then you can start passing. But then if you're in the game, that's when you rack it up to 35 carries for a game. That's what the Broncos need to do. Well, if you run the ball enough and you're successful enough, the opportunities in the passing game are going to be there. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the only the only receiving target who was kind of off the grid, as it were, was Cortland Sutton. He still had the two-point conversion. but And a Tim, sweet shoelace grab. Yeah, but Tim Patrick had his chances. Jerry Judy got the ball. Kendall Hinton had a catch and run. Yep. I mean, if you if you can get the run going and set up everything from that, everybody's going to get to eat at the trough. Exactly. And that's exactly mm. how the Titans do it. The Broncos, yeah. Pat Shermer needs to watch himself some Titans tape mm. from yesterday because throw away anything that involves Derrick Henry. He's one of one. But look at what they did yesterday. They still have those linebackers on a string because they know that the, the, the linebackers have it in their head. They want to run. They want to run. They want to run. They missed Kenny Young yesterday. They sure did. Mm-hmm. Kenny Young, he had a great game, man. He had a he really did. great game. He did. By the uh, way, maybe it's kind of the reverse Brett Kern uh, Mitch Berger effect because, you know, Kenny Young is 2-0 and since coming to Denver, and the Rams are 0-1 with Von Miller. I know he was, he was inactive, but he's on their roster. Mm-hmm. It's true. He was. You know, you know who the uh, Titans' leading rusher was yesterday? Ryan Tannehill. No, Donta <laughs> Foreman. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. I mean, and he had he had twenty. Texas, right? Yeah, exactly. He had twenty nine yards in that game, but they still stuck with the run. Adrian Peterson was still getting his carries, and guys, just Did speaking, our old friend Jeremy McNichols. He had a play. Get, a yeah, he plays. got in there for a little bit. I was hearing on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they were rotating, so it didn't mm-hmm. matter. It wasn't on Derrick Henry's shoulders. And Ryan, speaking of the Titans. The run that they just went on is maybe a run that the Broncos are going to have to go on to make that final playoff push because the AFC West is going to be incredibly competitive. They beat Buffalo on the road. Next week, they go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. Or no, that was at home. Both of those were at home. Then they go on the road and beat Indianapolis. Then last night, they go on the road to beat Los Angeles. Do they have an elite quarterback? No. Do they have, last night, did they have an elite ground game? No, 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 they they didn't. Mm. And entering this season, the Broncos were supposed to have a better defense than the Titans. Yes. In fact, the Titans' defense has stepped up here and there this season. It hasn't even be dom- been dominant. This Broncos' defense should be better than the Titans. Mm. Now their running game should be better than the Titans. And Ryan Tannehill, you probably take him over Teddy Bridgewater. Would, yes. But, I mean, it's not like the Titans are, are far, and ahead, far and away better than the Broncos. No, it's a, it's, I think it's a fair formula to look at. Well, the other thing with Titans, I'll say for their defense, they had – they had the quality of players up front. They just weren't delivering early. That might be the most improved single unit in the NFL this year. Yeah. From week one to now. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Simmons is a be- Simmons looks like an all pro right is now. Is it Autry, who yeah. was also yeah. just going nuts yes. last yeah. night? Also, Mike yeah. Mike Vrabel, <laughs> absolutely in Coach of the Year conversation. I know he's right up there with Cliff as well, but, I mean, those two got to be running away with he it. Is, Everyone, yeah. including me, was I mean I put a fork in the Titans last week. He's the like, strongest oh, branch of the Belichick tree, easily. And he just looks like so disappointed throughout the entire game. It's hilarious <laughs> when they show him. It's like, dude, no, you're you're killing these teams right now. I still well, haven't figured out what Vic Fangio was yelling when he did that fist pump. I've watched the video a hundred times trying to. Didn't it include an F? 
I I think so, I but I, there's a more extended cut where he says like a whole sentence, <laughs> and I, I cannot figure it out for the life of me. Is it what the F said. word over and over and over again? No, or is it F? Yeah, I thought it was like or something F and like, A. Way to make a effing play. Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. I, yeah. It's really hard. It I don't was, know. It Someone was, else has it. Let me know. I mean, he was uh, he was feeling his yesterday. He had As some he swagger should. yesterday. As he should have been. I mean, hell of a hell of a fist pump too. Oh, yeah. I mean, knockout swing. Is it looked like with? something of like a celebration in like an old school boxing. Right, video right. Game. <laughs> yeah, it really did. I mean, just don't 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 denigrate the the help uh, the help of psychologists couches but aside from that he had a good day <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, yeah. a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah. um anyways uh it's, it's you know he, he just i know the point he was trying to say i think he just needs to say it in a different way yeah i i think so a more modern way there was just <laughs> right. no yeah, yeah right. no yeah. reason for that it, it really yeah, yeah. It was he's better than that <laughs> uh uh what's better though than sexy pizza Sexy Pizza, a true local Denver institution, 13 years in the community. Uh, not only do they have great pizza, but they also care a lot about the community. That's why they invented the Philanthropy, uh, in which a portion of each sale from their five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. Um, and if you want Sexy Pizza to consider your organization for their Philanthropies, visit sexy.pizza, which is a great I just love that. Uh, and check out their about page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. They've got so many different pizzas. My favorite, of course, we they bring these to the DNVR tailgate, just stacks on stacks of these every week. My favorite one is the green chilies. They've got like green chilies on there, sometimes a little pepperoni, mm -hmm. sausage with the green chilies. Hits different. Uh, so check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza. They have four locations, Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. And there's a new location coming in Trinidad, Colorado, which is random but could affect <laughs> one of our listeners. So uh, keep an eye out for Sexy Pizza and get you some of those delicious slices. Trinidad has changed its identity over the years, hasn't it? It used to be known for uh, sex reassignment surgery. Yes. But I did it's not much know that. more than that. Wow. Now. That's the, yeah, that's really the only thing I've ever heard about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, it's a nice town. Now it's known for and, Sexy Pizza. Well, that's the thing. It's got you know, some good restaurants like Sexy Pizza. Come to Trinidad. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. And speaking of, my mom was here yesterday, <laughs> and she said I have to have this Hassle cattle. Oh, let's and go. so she got the Wag U burger and said I want nothing on it. And uh, she didn't want the bun. She just ate the meat straight <laughs> with no topping. Nope. No topping. Nope. Well, she she she, she she did no no cheese. She she did the uh, the tomatoes, uh, just like the 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 vegetables yeah. that come on it, but didn't want to ruin the flavor. She said it was fantastic. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. That's what I've been saying, you don't need to have a lot of toppings. E with exactly, with exactly. But of course, you can come here and get it with delicious toppings, get an onion ring thrown on as well. And if you want to get it ordered straight to your house, guys, we all know that turkey is the worst part of Thanksgiving. Agreed. It is. Yeah. And so why not just replace it with something delicious? Why not? Wagyu. You know, I wish everyone Wagyu would do too. <laughs> you could do burgers. You could do steak. Do you, steaks. Yeah, yeah, I think so. For, for for Thanksgiving, do steaks. Just replace that with the turkey, and then everything else keep the same, and you're going to have yourself a damn good meal. And, guys, for this holiday season, they're up in the offer. They're giving you 15% off if you use the code DNVR15. That's DNVR15 over at HassleCattleCompany.com. You'll get 15% off your entire 
order. So make sure to check them out over at H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. And of course, any over order to over $200 gets free shipping and smash that code DNVR15. Of course, if you have some of that beef, you're probably going to want to make sure you floss your teeth afterwards because you're going to get some little bits stuck in. That's Green Mountain Dental Group's reminder for you to floss twice a day, brush twice a day. It's all part of having good dental health. Another way of having good dental health is, of course, switching over to Green Mountain Dental Group, making them your permanent family dentist. Some DMVR listeners have done that. They've reached out and let us know how great their experience was. There's nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners. So if you make the switch, please tell us. And if you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like so many at DNVR. Our sales director, Lindsay, had her wisdom teeth removed there, so that was literally the best dentist experience of her life. They'll send you a personal card to your home after you become a new patient, and after surgery, the doctor will call and check up on you a few days later. That's what Lindsay found out. So you can schedule a free clean, or not free, you can schedule cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right free and that's a great toothbrush do you guys use a sonicare i use one at home yep, of course absolutely of course got it from green mountain dental group best on the best on the market and the thing is it'll beep you, you should keep brush each quadrant of your mouth <laughs> for 30 seconds it'll tell you when to do that it's great and then two two minutes brushing floss you're good to go green mountain dental, dental group will help you stay on stay on good the path to, to good dental health and good habits so check out green mountain dental group they're 15 minutes from downtown denver they're in lakewood and remember get a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll get a free sonicare toothbrush at green mountain dental today all right let's jump into these comments and of course first we have some super chats to hit we always get these in the Ooh. third segment first one comes in from jake gerard this is the time of the season to run the ball it is without a doubt and let's just hope that the broncos are, are realizing that now and it just takes off from here go I mean, running the ball and play action can be your entire offense. It really can. Yep. And also, one thing that we didn't mention that running the ball does is it destroys time of possession. Mm -hmm. It was shocking how dominant the Broncos were in time of possession. I mean, they were up like 30 to 12 at one point. I think Mm -hmm. they finished with over 40 minutes in time of possession. You do that, I don't care who you're playing, you're giving yourself a damn good chance to win. You're giving fewer opportunities for the opposing offense as well. And and the announcers in the the game... game just kept saying Dak is going to have to find a rhythm eventually it's we expect it to come at some point he never had the opportunity to find a rhythm nope didn't come all right next one uh for mr stew meat it's a uh it's a super (laughs) sticker (laughs) pair character lifting some weights saying keep it up oh that's a a happy pair Mm. i love happy pairs (laughs) (laughs) speaking of it's about time for those holiday pairs oh my goodness so good so good. Are, are those just from Harry and David, or think, are they from like I everywhere? I think it's just them. Okay, Harry, okay, the yeah. ones that you eat with a spoon. I used to I just slice them up and yeah, I know. But the whole they, point, like you can like supposedly they're so oh, they're, they're so, so tasty soft and soft. You, you can just eat it with a spoon. And it's yeah. like applesauce. Comes kinda. in the gold wrapper. Yeah, yeah. So far. <laughs> All right, uh, finally, in the super chat category, the blind swordsman DS. This could be a springboard game for the season. It absolutely yep. can. Yep. It's up to the guys in that locker room to make it that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and really say like, this is who we are now. That's the Denver Broncos. Not any of that crap that happened during the four game losing streak. By the way, patterns would tell us Broncos going to win the next two. Yep. Exactly. That would be really good. And guys, also the, another huge game is this week. Not just because it's the next one. You win this one. You got a three-game winning streak going into the bye. You're feeling excellent. You have momentum. You lose this one. 
Your momentum of yesterday is gone. Yep. You're on the bye with a bad taste in your mouth. You're going to be coming back from the bye with the worst record in the AFC, really regardless of what, or AFC West, regardless of what happens. So this one, you got to carry that momentum. RK, you got to tell me about these patterns because, because the pattern I thought I saw was, okay, you won three in a row, you lost four. You win this once, another three in a row, but then I'm thinking, oh, God, they can't lose the next four. That would include losing Detroit. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, it goes three wins, four losses, four wins, three losses. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> it's an alternate. You're going for battle. the palindrome. Yes, of course. And now what, what how did it, they end? Uh, then they would end with three wins. Three wins. Or we just don't know. There we go. Are you, are you, are you starting a new palindrome? That's a 10-game, that's a 10-team 10, ten, ten win, team. Ten win that's, team. That's eight and six after fourteen with the last pattern TBD against your division rivals. Right. Well, good thing uh, we don't have to do that all of that math because that's not <laughs> how football works. Um, but I did just make that up. Um, all right, we got those. Let's jump into the comments on the DNVR.com. Of course, you can leave your comments there anytime, and we will get to them. Uh, this first one comes into from. Mile high till I die. My boys, we went to Texas and got a huge win. In my comment last week, I said uh, that my hope for the rest of the season would be that we wholesale commit to the run, play our young players and rookies to get experience, and beat a couple of teams that no one expects us to beat. Much to my surprise, we were able to do all three of those things against the Cowboys. It felt so good to see the coaching staff finally commit to the run and see the untapped potential of Gordon and Williams. It was great to see Cooper, Stearns, Browning, Miners, and Williams get a lot of play time and have such a huge impact. And lastly, it feels damn good to get such a convincing win over a really good Cowboys football team. I don't know if today was a fluke or if we can continue to play like this, and I don't even care. I'm living in the moment, enjoying today, baby. And that's what we need to do, covering the Broncos, be, cheering for the Broncos is what all of you guys – that's what you need to live in this moment. But The Broncos mm -hmm. don't get signature wins like this mm -hmm. all the time in the past five years. Enjoy this, and you should also be enjoying what's to come this Sunday as well. I think it's going to be awesome. Broncos need to find a way to get into the NFC East. Because not only do they own the Cowboys, but beating them is so fun. It is, and they're three and zero against the NFC East, going playing their final team in the NFC East this week to go four and zero. Yeah, it's kind of sad that it's coming to an end. Right. Yeah. Really. Uh, but there's just something about those Cowboys fan tears that are just—it's a nice brand, nice tasty brand. I didn't hear anything about Jerry Jones yesterday. Did they even show him on good. the broadcast? Not that I saw. Interesting. Yeah. I, don't think, I didn't see him. Yeah. I mean, that's that's usually what you're looking for, because right? It, I saw John Elway talking to Ed Werder on the sideline. That's about the only thing I saw on the broadcast in terms of executives. It was Broncos' world, not Jerry's world yesterday. It really was. Mm -hmm. It really was. Or is Jerry was Jerry's world, but it is Jerry Judy. Exactly, yeah. Also, with m mentioning all the rookies, I wonder if with Quinn Miners, maybe we have a double Wally Pip moment here because – Certainly came in for Graham Glasgow, and Glasgow is out for the year. Might be hard for Glasgow to get that job back in the future. But did Natani Muti maybe get Wally pipped, missing the game because Miners looked like he should be starting? He really did. Yeah. Um, he. I mean, I cannot believe how quickly he's gotten up to speed. That's mm -hmm. a huge feather in the cap of Mike Munchak, mm -hmm. and of course Quinn Miners as well. Yep. Having the just you know wherewithal to go from Division Three to, of course, snapping to trash cans, <laughs> to playing in an NFL game against a real team and playing well. It was a huge day for both third-rounders as well. Both guys were projections, with Miners projecting from D3 
to the NFL, Baron Browning projecting him as an inside linebacker after he hadn't done a lot of off-ball stuff at Ohio State. And he was tremendous yesterday. Yep. Take all the front seven players you can get from Ohio State. <laughs> With it, Von mm-hmm. Miller will tell you that, too. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, says, guys, when are you finally going to give the people the DNVR merch they want? I think I speak for everyone when I say we need an Aunt Julie DNVR T-shirt. Can we do a caricature <laughs> of, of, of Aunt Julie's head on the teddy bear strutting? Oh, we could do everyone. We could just replace Teddy's yeah. head with everyone. I'm thinking it's Aunt Julie just amongst 101 billion cans. <laughs> oh, wow. Good good luck, D-Line, creating yes. that one. I love it. <laughs> Next one's from Alaska Press. And my freaking boys. Hope y'all are well and celebrating after that win. I've been drinking some RK specials, and they're fantastic. But I'm curious, will there ever be a Zach special, and what would it be? I'm right, I'm right here, baby. I'm right here. Oh, my you're the here. Zach special? I, I'm the Zach special. No, you, you can't force these things. I, just, I have to. It has to come to me. Yeah, you got to be really bored during a global pandemic. <laughs> don't, don't you have like a cocktail though that you've come up with? Uh, not no, okay. not mine. I saw. Um, I'm taking credit for the apple cider mule. I saw your fiance t- testing out the uh, baking soda thing on oh, TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah, did not work. <laughs> and it, she she has this thing recently where she'll try something that's bad and say this is really bad. You got to try. try it. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna try it. So that that's probably the only one I've actually refused because I'm like. You just put baking soda in vodka, and you think it's going to taste good? A lot of other reviews have been different. Yeah, that, that's like the trick. That's, mm. the, that's the TikTok jokesters. Ah, baking they, soda yeah. in vodka. They, apparently, if you put baking soda in the drink, you can no longer taste the alcohol. That's not true. I'm willing to try it. <laughs> well, that's, honestly, that's why I like mules, because you can't, like, you can't really taste the vodka. Because mm-hmm. you got the ginger beer, and then when I throw the apple cider in there, I mean... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm going to make one of those for myself tonight anyway. All right, he goes, I have a question about your tailgate next week since I'm going to the game. Can you show up to the tailgate if you don't ride the party bus? Of course. Yes. I'll be walking Mm. from my apartment, but I still want to get down. Also, I'll be wearing an Eagles jersey. Questionable. It's my college roommate jersey, and he's an Eagle and gets to travel with the team. But a Bronco sweatshirt under it, am I still welcome? Uh, Yes, but... (laughs) You gotta walk pick up, one team. Walk though. up prices for opposing fans <laughs> yeah. are more expensive, so you better get that uh, get that ticket before they can see what you're wearing. I don't know. I think unless unless you are like Brian Snicker's wife, having her spouse managing the Braves and her son as the tech uh, the, as the not the Texans, the Astros hitting coach. I think you gotta pick one or the other. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean. I would just say, I, if it were me, like I had a buddy who played for Nebraska. I cheered for him. I would literally never have no, put on wouldn't. his jersey yeah. if he gave it to me. I, I think I th- Alaska Preston, why isn't the move just to throw the sweatshirt over the jersey? One of them's got to be under the other. I don't know. It's it's questionable, but you, <laughs> you can still come to the, the tailgate. We will still talk to you. Probably. Uh, he goes no, on to say, <laughs> my other question today is this. What young guys do you view as starters moving forward? I love Stearns and Cooper. I hope they get more playing time. Javante, too. Go DNVR the bar. Y'all amazing people to stay to Colorado. And, of course, the OG Iceman. Thank you all, and God bless. Okay. I would say all six rookies who played yesterday I can envision as future starters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year, at outside of who, Caden Stearns probably won't be a starter this year. Uh, but Miners, we just talked about him. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Cooper is a starter the rest of the season. Baron Browning, he's a starter the rest of the season. And then Javante uh, Williams. Javante, mm-hmm. he 
He's basically. He, yeah, he, he and Melvin are basically. Uh, and then, of course, Pat Sertan is. Yeah. Thank God Pat Sertan is okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. That yes. would have been the only, like, true blow that could have ju- that would have just taken all the fun out of yep, that win. Exactly. Uh, okay. Cool. Good question. But, yeah, I mean, six out of ten. Contributing and contributing a lot to yep. a dominant win over the Cowboys yep. yesterday. Pretty darn impressive. Sheriff Pikey said Mace is out of here. All right. We'll see you, Mace. How did he predict that? <laughs> What? What? You said Ma- Sheriff Pikey said Mace is out oh. of here. <laughs> Maybe he did. Sheriff Pikey predicts know, that Mace is out of here. He knows the Monday flow. Yes, of course. <laughs> Holy cow, I loved that game. Being deep in Cowboys country, though, I got to say it was a proud day to don my bright orange hat and Manning jersey. I hate to admit it, but I was ready to admit defeat. I was right there with my coworkers choosing for a boys win. I decided to to the Cowboys defense. I decided to switch the Cowboys defense on fantasy. Yep, I may have lost money, but if that's what I got to do to give our Broncos a chance, I'm very willing to take the hit. There you go. Yep. Yep, I love it, Sheriff Pikey, and I think that's how everyone feels. Everyone was wrong, but everyone's happy they're wrong. Coach Tobin says, this is a playoff team. Fire who you want, Broncos country. Let's wait till after the season for that and enjoy. I haven't heard one person, Ryan, say that the Broncos should fire someone in these past 24 hours, and I love it. Not even it. Tom McMahon. No, no, he's... he's... Uh, I'll start it. Fire Tom McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> he says, in high school sports, the senior class exits and the younger one gets to come in and take over and develop their own culture. I feel like this is what's going on here. The future is bright. Again, it's weird how these things happen in sports, but they are real, and there is precedent of it happening before. A big leader leaves... And it, it doesn't necessarily mean they were a bad leader, yep. but they just might not have been the right leader for that time. And I think, you know, what we know about Vaughn is he's a really fun guy, right? Yep. Yep. And he always wanted, he always said, I'm a man of the people. I'm the leader of the people. And maybe this team needed a, a little more grit in their leadership, mm-hmm. a little more stickler yep. in their leadership. And so I don't know exactly who it was. Um, who stepped up? I, I think we have, you know, we have guesses as to who it would have been. But like a guy like Shelby Harris to me is a guy who can be that yell at someone type of leader, mm-hmm. you know, and say like, "Hey, let's put our effing feet down yep. and say enough is enough." And I just don't see Vaughn as that guy. Even when he tried to be that guy, it always came off as a little funny because he like it's like me trying to be really serious. Like I, it doesn't really work. Like that's just not who I am, you know. So. Sometimes you need someone to step in, and and I think again, it's not an indictment of Vaughn's leadership. It's just you you need the right leader for the right time. Exactly, exactly. Next one from Mrs. Quill says there are so many great things I could say about this game, but I guess I'm honestly just confused. Are we the best damn team in the league like we played today? Are we a bottom five team like we looked the past few weeks? My heart can't handle this roller coaster of emotions. Somewhere in between. <laughs> very much somewhere in between. You hope closer to yesterday though. Yeah, again, that formula yesterday is very real. Now, it just uh, – I'm as excited as anyone about the win, but momentum is a crazy thing in sports, and the Broncos got a massive dose of it early in the game uh, with really those two fourth-down stops mm-hmm. and then capitalizing on the second one. If they had gone three and out again, Ugh. totally different football game. Yep, I fully believe that. Uh, but Javante Williams got them rolling. And they went down, they scored, and they really never looked back. Also, speaking of momentum, Ryan, how about if they don't get that crazy blocked punt and then the Cowboys get it at the 10 and then they get a touchdown, go for two, get it, 
It's the one six, score game. Yeah, the dominant 16-point first half is gone like that. So j- just huge that they were able to get that. It's crazy how that works. Mm-hmm. It really is. And did you hear Vic? Someone someone asked Vic after the game, uh, did you know that that was a rule? And Vic kind of scoffed and said, of course I knew that was a rule. In fact, But then he pointed to something. He said, in fact, when we blocked the, the kicks the past few weeks, uh, that's why Justin Simmons is screaming at everyone to get away from the ball. It's because we know of this rule. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting little quirk in the rule there. Yeah. Uh, the Rams have one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL. And even he was like a little perplexed by it. So it's the reason why it was so weird is because it happened so close. Like imagine if they just got a finger on it as the ball was going by and it didn't really affect the flight. And then they muffed the punt. No one would have thought anything of it. Right. It's the way that it worked. Um, that made it so confusing. Yeah. Because he touched it really one yard beyond the line of yep. scrimmage. Yep, yep. And you're right. It could have changed the game. One thing I will say is the Broncos had kind of found their groove at that point. They were the better team on that day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been enough, but it would have been a different football game. It certainly would have. Submarine Broncos says, wow, what can we say? Amazing dub. Showed off the depth of the roster. George Payton has to be happy with what he's seen from the new and young players. What a performance by the subs on the offensive line. Helmet stickers to the whole team. Dallas definitely gave us some gifts. Got some luck, too. But what a win for our boys in orange. Let's go. George Payton's having a great Monday. He's having a fantastic Slept Monday. incredible last night. And he may he may be planning his bye week trip right now, going somewhere warm, I would think. Love it. From Mile High Buckeye, my boys, what a weekend in Dallas. I was not expecting a win, and we are shocked, and we definitely shocked the world. Catching my flight back to Columbus Monday afternoon, I'll be wearing my DNVR Teddy Strut shirt on my way out. This was my sixth and final Broncos game this year, fifth road game. Wow. I'll be watching the rest of the season from my couch, but I'm leaving Dallas with a belief that I haven't had in a long long time. And like Ted Lasso says, I believe and believe. Let's go Broncos and long live DNVR. Cheers, fellas. Alex, so glad you got a great time down there um, because you did have to miss (laughs) out on your uh, Columbus Blue Jackets beating the Avs twice. (laughs) Yes, it's true. And you also got to catch some stinkers along the way from the Broncos when you were in in, uh, person for the Pittsburgh game. So at least they treated you with a nice one on your way out. Exactly. Next one, H-Town Bronco. It was a glorious Sunday in Arlington, Texas, as the orange tidal wave came crashing through Jerry World. I've now been to six Broncos games at differing away stadiums, and boy, do we travel well. Every game I've been at is at least 25% orange in the stands. The people I go with are always impressed, and it's always a great time partying with Broncos country. Uh, it was a great, it was great getting yelled at in the fourth quarter by salty Cowboys fans, and I bathed in their tears. <laughs> Alexa, play Thunderstruck by ACDC. We went through to Texas, yeah, and we had some fun. <laughs> I love it, Ryan. I thought you said we had a great time partying with Gronkos country. Which, and man, <laughs> what an opportunity! How if you ever good came. would that be? <laughs> there was one of the. I think it was Chris Gronkowski was once. Oh a, once a yeah. Bronco. Hopefully, one of them joins us and joins the Broncos, and we can adopt that. Maybe Gronk's son one day. Yeah. Oh man, you know he'd be he'd be entertaining. <laughs> exactly. Melbourne Broncos says, "Hi guys! Wow, just wow! What a surprise!" team effort i've never been so happy getting a score prediction wrong i think trading von lit a fire under some guys forcing them to think hmm if i don't have a red hot 
go, I could be... Wait, what? I don't hmm. know. If I don't have a red-hot go, I could be traded and end off this season or not play at all. Let's hope this effort is sustained. Cheers. Maybe a red-hot go is like a, I is mean, something is a Australian term. Maybe. Like yeah. Just a red-hot go of things. We'll, you know? we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try that anytime next time I'm in uh, Australia. All right. Got time for probably one more here, and then I know we have a super chat we got to hit on our way out. Uh, Dan Burke, hey, guys. Shout out to Calvin Anderson for having an incredible game. I don't recall Randy Gregory having his name called once during the game, which is impressive considering the tear he's been on for the last month. Yep. Also, shout out to Zach for asking the origin of the shh emoji in the presser. Went for a hard hitter. There you go. Appreciate Thank you, Dan. It. It's a small sample size, but Calvin's looked considerably better at left tackle than right tackle, which doesn't lend itself well for him being a swing tackle. With that being said, is there a scenario where they try bulls on the right and put Calvin in at left tackle? If they want him on the field, probably not. No, unfortunately, money does get in these conversations and they're not going to move Garrett Bowles because, Ryan, it's not like Garrett Bowles is this perfect tackle either now where you're comfortable playing him wherever. No, I I would be worried moving him around. Yeah, it's I mean, Calvin Anderson would probably have to play it like an all pro level right in these games when he's in there for them to even consider it. And even then. I don't know how it would work unless they were planning on trading Garrett at the end of the season. And now that's something to think about. You like what Bobby Massey's done? He's going to miss a couple of games, but if he plays the majority of games this year, probably thinking of bringing him back on on a cheap deal. Wow. I mean, it's possible, unlikely that Calvin Anderson plays that that well, but he's off to the perfect start. You know what Vic said yesterday? Unprompted, he said, Calvin's one of my favorites. Now, Vic may not be back after right, this year, right. but if Vic's, Vic's back next year, if Mike Munchak feels a similar way about him, how do you have the fa- guy's favorite who's also playing well on the bench? <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I wouldn't believe my eyes <laughs> if they didn't just follow the money. It almost yeah. always works to follow the money. Yep, unless you can trade that money. All right, last one here. We're going to hit a super chat on our way out from Brady. My wife, mom, and I will be flying in for U- from Utah for the game. Mom's a big Eagles fan, so it should be fun. Come into the tailgate. The Kenny Young trade was huge. Think we let go of Jewel and keep Young? No. And first of all, can't wait to see you guys all at the tailgate. We'll have a, you know, there'll, there'll be some Eagles fans there, so they won't be completely alone. Uh, of course, some of <laughs> Allie's family will be hanging out with us as well. Um, no, they just keep them all. And Alexander? Yeah. You go four deep? Yeah. I think they let one go, but I do agree. I think Josie Jewell is important to this defense. If it's still Vic here, so I think it'd be Alexander Johnson. I, I think I think Vic favors Josie Jewell over Alexander Johnson. Um, but man, I did think about that. Do you let both of your starters go this year? I don't think so. But you're not letting Kenny Young go, and obviously Baron Browning's your future. Yeah, the one, I mean, if you just said, like, who is, I don't know. I think you might be able to get Alexander Johnson pretty cheap and Josie Jewell pretty cheap and Kenny Young pretty cheap, and you just do it. Yeah, and probably on some prove-it deals. Maybe for all three of those guys. Or Kenny Young's a guy that you get for two or three years. I I mean, watching Kenny Young cover the flats and stuff yesterday, I was really impressed. Did you see him go up to Teddy after the game when Teddy was doing his post-game interview? First time I've seen him smile in a Broncos jersey. How about that? One of the guys already. And then after the game, when Vic was giving out game balls, um, I tweeted out the video of Kyle Fuller. Remember yesterday on the show, I was like, I bet you those veterans went crazy for Kyle Fuller. Well, they did. 
and I tweeted out uh, the video of that, but someone pointed out, Kenny Young, not part of the celebration. Just stone-faced the entire time. Was he waiting for a ball? I, that was, that's what I responded. I, said, I think he wanted. He thought he deserved a game ball. Oh, wow. As Vic said when he started, he could have given out 53 game yeah. balls like we like did. Like we did, yeah. <laughs> Kenny, you got a helmet sticker here, baby. Yeah, Kenny, don't worry. You got, you got a nice big old DNVR Broncos helmet sticker. Unfortunately, you can't frame that. Mm. Um, but maybe uh, we can print yeah, something yeah, out for Yeah, we could. You. I mean, it seems like he really wants one. He, him and then also Kareem Jackson. I think Kareem Jackson thought uh, he wanted one. He needed one too. He or led the team in tackles. Maybe Kareem Jackson just doesn't like Kyle Fuller. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, but that was cool to see. I tweeted it out because it's just like, this is a guy who Broncos fans have been all over for good reason. Yep. Um, a guy who has not ma- lived up to his paycheck by any means. Nope. And you just never know how a team's going to react. Um, but when Vic gave him that game ball, I mean, Shelby and all of those yeah. guys were all over Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are little things that make, give you confidence. Like this is a real team. Do you see uh, Vic and Melvin sparring in the locker yes. room? That was I great. Think that's like one of Melvin's little celebrations. He likes okay. to do a little fake because <laughs> he did the same thing to Kyle Fuller. Well, I love it. I love it. And Vic was right in it. Yep. It was great. Um, <laughs> it is interesting. Like Vic, uh, like Cortland Sutton gave Vic a, Vic a big hug. I think at the end of the game yesterday was a big turning point for Vic. If things continue to go in the right direction, hopefully everyone gets a little confidence from it, including Vic. You know, I felt like he was in his bag a little bit. Yesterday. He was, he, he was sassy and fiery yeah, at yeah. the end of the, or at, in the post game. Good. Go yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Great. All right. Uh, appreciate all you guys for tuning in. This has been a fun one. Uh, all the super chats are also, of course, always appreciated, but more than anything to hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. If you watched on YouTube, we love you guys for doing that for us. You can also hit us with a review on iTunes uh, mm. if you're hearing this on iTunes. Uh, we love getting some nice new fresh reviews on there. Most, nice. Yeah. Being the keyword. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. be honest. But <laughs> sure. Honestly, you love us. Um, and also hit up our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. You can get a free Sonicare toothbrush, which we already said we all use. When you get a cleaning x-ray and exam over there, they're the best. They're all Colorado sports fans. Uh, you know, they'll be talking about the win in there today if you if you go in there today. So if you need any work done, go over to Green Mountain Dental Group. But thanks a lot for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.
time.